Welcome to the Compassion Initiative podcast. And I've managed to catch a little bit of time with Dr. James Kirby today. Good morning, James. Hey, Stan. How are you? <laughs> I think it's actually afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks for, for having having me come around again for a, another little chat because um, we had a, a bit of a goal, didn't we, last time in the podcast was to try to knock out 10 a year yep. or 10 this year. Yep. That's right. And so uh, <laughs> a month has passed and, and here we are. And did you ever get that poll out on Twitter? Remember you were going to do a poll to see... Was that my job? I thought oh. you were doing the oh. poll. No, I think <laughs> I think it was your suggestion. Yeah, so we've failed in one way. Um, yeah. We haven't got a poll up. I did get one suggestion from a listener that we should do a, a a discussion on that new movie out on Mr. Rogers' life, the the na- the good neighbourhood or something along those lines. So that was suggested as oh. a as a podcast discussion because he very much emphasised kindness and so on in his programming back in the. 50s, 60s. Actually, was it that long ago? I don't even know. That was your era. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't expecting that one. That was a good one. Um, Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. We could perhaps go for a little... Little night out together. And, <laughs> yeah, that's um, a good idea. Watch, watch the movie, Tom Hanks. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so we can certainly okay. do that. Yeah. But no, I, I didn't get around to putting up a podcast. Um, a poll. A poll, sorry, on, on what we should talk about on the podcast. Mm. So um, that'll definitely be done after this podcast in regards to a paper, a study, or a movie, or some other pop culture kind of thing that we could discuss related to compassion. Um, so we failed there, but we've done well in getting a second podcast recorded. Yeah, and basically, um, I really wanted to just have a, a quick chat with you because you've just taken the Compassionate Mind Research Group and various like academics and students and so on across to Stradbroke Island, mm. which for those of you who are not in Brisbane, um, is a beautiful sand island with rainforests and beaches and waves and and lakes and it's a beautiful destination just out from Brisbane in Moreton Bay and I saw some lovely images on (laughs) on, uh, Facebook or other social media things where you were uh, having a a great time with the gang Mm. but I missed out on going because Mm. I I know that I'm sorry about that (laughs) I know it was of great disappointment to you and everyone there, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't get to go. And I wondered whether you could give us a, give us a bit of a rundown. Like, how, how, was, the, how was the long weekend with, with everyone over at Stratty? Oh, it was great. Um, or maybe a rainbow. We were sad because you weren't there, but we were joyous because it was a coming together of our Compassionate Mind Research Group here. Um, so there would have been about 15 or so of us mm. on the island. So UQ has a marine research centre base on the island, which right. allows us to go over there and, and work, and they've got labs and so on. Um, and the idea is, is for all the students and staff who are working on compassion projects to come together. and It's kind of um, an opportunity to all be writing on our different projects at the same time. 
and kind of just get that buzz of being in the same room as everyone writing away on your project mm. um, as well as trying to create some bonding and so um, some affiliation if you will so you know we played some board games and oh. went to the beach and stuff like uh -huh. that which is really nice had a few uh, presentations as well where we could provide yeah. input into what we're thinking and doing uh, but it was terrific so uh, po uh, Professor Paul Gilbert is out here again uh, for yep. a couple of months uh, he has a visiting or an honorary professorship here within the school uh, and so he was with us and uh, he gave us a talk on some of his current thinking um, on, on where we need to perhaps focusing our compassion research mm. Uh, mm. on which was great um, any particular highlights there in terms of what oh. Paul had to say I mean I, whenever I hear him speak I feel like there's many many things to, to take <laughs> away but yeah any 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 little highlights that occur to you from that oh yes I mean uh, he gets you big picture thinking which mm. is often great because um, it takes you out of your little siloed little area and trying to, to, to rethink how we're framing our research projects mm. I think a key one which he was really interested in at the moment is how we are very much sort of environments can kind of really gear us towards um, denial, uh, dissociation and repression of suffering, uh, both in ourselves yeah. and others. And so the idea is, is when we try to activate compassion, is it a case of just trying to turn off that kind of denial, dissociation, repression switch as opposed to turning on the compassion switch? So will compassion best manifest itself if we can just turn those switches off so that compassion can flourish as opposed to try to increase compassion uh, in context where it's not going to come because of these sort of blockers that are in the way, if you will. Mm. And so kind of getting to this idea that uh, compassion you can facilitate and inhibit. And so often we spend a lot of time trying to work out ways to facilitate compassion. So through perhaps um, through compassionate imagery or um, through an intervention like compassion and mind training um, but are there simple things we can do um, that can turn off the inhibitors which will then just allow you to be caring and sharing mm. um, so that was good yeah the sort of what's the biggest bang for the buck there or is it both or one or the other but perhaps uh, working with inhibitors just almost uh, allows the innate compassion mo motivation or motive mm. to flow yeah in a sense trying to find an example that could be useful um, to back this up. I guess disgust sensitivity is a good one. And so some people oh. find certain things easily disgusting. Um, so that might be smells or something like that. So you might not be keen to work as a nurse or in a um, residential aged care facility um, because it, you, you know, you'd struggle with that disgust um, cue of smell and so on. Mm. Um, and so if you can turn off your disgust signal there Mm. then you're better able to, to perhaps stay in that environment instead of turning up your, your compassion. Mm. Um, but how you go about that then is, a, is another question. Mm. Many of the inhibitors are sort of evolved themselves, mm. I'm guessing, you know, mm. in terms of... I mean, one, I don't know if this is relevant, but one of the things that I ponder sometimes is that we often are in denial really of the fact that we are going to age decay and die yeah, yeah that's one of the yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, and, it, and it's interesting because if we weren't able to do that if, if we weren't able to have that sort of type of denial of, of that reality 
then um, you know that itself would be very painful and oh, there'd be yeah. a lot of suffering yeah. that goes on with the awareness of the coming suffering. Yeah. Is that Oh, bingo, yes, to... spot on. Yeah, exactly. Um, genius, Dan. <laughs> but no, that's what I think Paul would say. That's part of it. So it's an important, plays an, an important role for us to, to get about, right? Mm. Um, it's interesting. I don't know if anyone here listens to The Good Place. It's the show about moral philosophy on on Netflix, mm. we get no endorsements from Netflix. Although Netflix, if you're listening, um, <laughs> it's this kind of idea that um, what makes life worth living is that it's tainted with some sadness, mm. um, sadness that people we know and love will, and including ourselves, will will, will go. Um, yeah. And that sadness gives meaning and um, makes us want to take a hold of life. I mean, there are more messages in the series than that, but that's an interesting one when it ties into these issues to do with mm. denial, dissociation, etc. But no, so that was good. He was very um, enthusiastic and passionate about his, his different ideas, so that was mm. great. And, um, and then we had a number of PhD students who are right in the, the, the mix of things at the moment. We had a, uh, one of my PhD students, Mitchell Green, give a presentation on the work he's doing with uh, compassion with children. Mm-hmm. So we've got these sorts of paradigms set up where we explore what children might do when a puppet hasn't got enough pieces to complete a game and becomes upset about it. Mm. And so we're doing that. We test four to five-year-olds typically. Um, and what we find is, is when there's a cost for the child to help, uh, the child doesn't help the puppet. Mm. Uh, but they might console the puppet or say, or oh, maybe in the next game you can win and so on. And what Mitchell's done, which is just... Uh, amazing really is he's videotaped uh, himself uh, as as the the child as it were Mitchell the Mm. 20 something year old male with a beard and long hair (laughs) playing the game with the puppet right Uh and uh, he gets up to the point where the puppet can't complete the task and becomes upset and then he stops it so it's a recorded video and then he stops the video and then he'll turn to the child, so the child's not playing the game, and he'll say to the child, now, Mitchell really wants to help the puppet, what can Mitchell do? Really? To see if the child can, from the observer position, go, oh, I can give up one of his pieces, give to the puppet, and that'll be cool. And we're testing that with children from ages three to nine. Um, and so what we're trying to get a sense is, can children understand what they can do? And we've got a series of prompts um, that we go through. Um, and by the very final prompt, all the children say, oh, th- you can give up uh, mm. your piece. But often children will say things like, oh, maybe maybe he can go to the marble shop and buy more marbles. <laughs> give it. So, I mean, that's quite a creative way of helping. Um, but when the children get to seven, eight, nine years of age, they'll often sort of say things like, um, I'll give one piece across. If I give one piece, that means we'll both lose. And so they want us to both lose instead of one win and one not, trying to perhaps engage in some conflict avoidance or something like that mm. which is another really important evolved motive so um, it's only through doing these kinds of uh, studies as a third party and all of them do say oh we could help until we get to that seven, eight, or 9 when they're more like avoiding the conflict but in the scenario in the experiment I'm doing a lot of gesticulating here um, but uh, in the experiment the children don't help so it's really interesting as a witness they say yes, but in the experiment, and these are different children, they actually don't. So there's some incongruence there. Yes, it's so fascinating coming at as sort of a 
key kind of question, but from different angles and, mm. and seeing what uh, the, the children, how, how they're sort of thinking about all of this. And, yeah. and it's interesting because, as you know, I've been wondering a lot about uh, wisdom and eliciting wisdom and wisdom talk and those sorts of things. Did that happen because you became greyer and got glasses? <laughs> it, wisdom hasn't happened to me. I'm just thinking about it. But um, but in a way, like you're sort of almost talking about when watching the video and Mitchell then stopping the video and and asking open questions of the children. Yes, soliciting wisdom. Yeah, yeah, they they come up with creative ideas about how to help, and to me that is sort of in a, in a funny sort of a way, the wisdom of compassion. Maybe. Oh, totally. I think it's fantastic, um, these ideas. Let's go find some more marbles. I think it's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's, there's sort of strategies there to be helpful. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it just it also just competes with that part of compassion where perhaps we are making a sacrifice sometimes to, mm. to be compassionate or to, to be helpful. Very much. I think one of the things I like about the children saying, let's go to the marble shop, because one of the games involves marbles, is uh, they're kind of going, well, let's fight the system. Oh. The system's only given us this many marbles. Well, that's a stuffed system. <laughs> let's go get some more. <laughs> Bring yeah. more marbles into the system, um, as opposed to us having to you know, be individual competitors, if you will. Little elements of social justice there, yeah. <laughs> sort of sneaking in. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but um, yeah. uh, so Mitchell's got a, a, a series of further studies around that, but that was quite exciting mm. and obviously very different to a lot of the work we do, which is around applying compassion-focused therapy to um, uh, you know to dealing with issues of shame and self-criticism. Mm. Interestingly, I've just been putting together a series of evaluation studies um, of compassion-focused therapy, just a, a folder, and. Mm. Um, I've got about 67 studies now in that folder that have been doing various levels of uh, intervention. Some are brief, two-hour compassion mind training. Others, 15-minute audio tracks you can listen to a number of times. Others, you know, 12-week therapy. Uh, but yeah. it's becoming quite big. Yeah. It's going to start that kind of exponential curve almost coming yeah. coming up, isn't it? When As it, as it really starts to, to get... With a lot Momentum. of great work coming out of Iran. Hmm. Some wonderful trials happening there. It's hmm. incredible. Hmm. Some of them I don't understand because they're not in English. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, that, is, that is fascinating. Well, it, it sounds like a, a really intellectually stimulating weekend. Uh, I, I saw you were wandering the, the beaches and yes, the, the yes. parks and seeing kangaroos. Now, were they yeah, kangaroos? Yeah. Yep. Yep, not um, wallabies. Oh, um, you see where I'm coming from there. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure they were kangaroos. We saw kangaroos, sea turtles, koalas oh, yeah. um, oh. on the island. Um, yeah, I can't. Remember. Yeah, I'm sure they were kangaroos. Mm. Maybe they weren't. Uh, do you know? No. No. No, I just <laughs> thought I'd throw that out there and see. I mean, there are many different species of kangaroo. They were quite the grey. Kangaroos, little, little grey kangaroos. Yeah, yeah, not the big red kangaroos a lot of people think of when yes. they think of kangaroos. Right, right. Well, I, I was really pleased to see all of that because um, you've created something very special, James. <laughs> you, you have. You've got a, an amazing team from from bottom to top. 
uh, and each way sideways. So uh, congratulations. Well, let's wrap up there. And and that that <laughs> that the the, um, the weekend away is a really really uh, important we'll part of the calendar. Year? I've missed it now a few years in a row. I think. Yeah. Um, it just happens to be on the same weekend no need to as Molly, my little niece's birthday. And so that's what, that was the final decider. But anyway, <laughs> all right, well, um, well, on, we'll get the poll up this week. So Let's get the poll up. Get the poll up. No, Let's no. watch um, Tom Hanks. Tom thing. Hanks. Yeah. And we'll catch up again in a month. In a month. And a lot will happen between now and then as well, I suspect. You're going away again, aren't you? I'm going away again, not till end of March. End of March. Yeah. Because you've um, just come back from US where you're doing some training. Did some training in the US at Palo Alto University. Is that good? Organised by the wonderful Jotam Heineberg. Um, and actually, interestingly, he's now set up the Compassion Training Institute oh, great. with Palo Alto. Oh, great. So that's kind of going to be exciting developments to come as well. But yeah, I think over the next month we've got Paul Gilbert running a few workshops. Yep. So it's going to be big. It's going to be big. When do you go to Portugal? Well, I'm leaving for Europe in on March the 26th, I think it is. But Portugal's not till 1st or 2nd of April. And you were in America earlier in the year as well, weren't you? In January? Just, just for Palo Alto. Oh, okay. So, yeah, okay. So do you, do you never not travel? And... <laughs> I'll be here for the rest of the year, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. All right, Sam. We'll catch you again. Okay, catch you, See bye. You.